1: This episode is powered by DenMeditation.com. Though meditation is the primary focus, the bigger goal is for people to understand and love themselves, thus, creating more harmony in the community at large. To find out more about Den Meditation's teacher training programs, retreats, and all things Den meditation, go to DenMeditation.com. Welcome to Den Talks podcast. This is Tal, your host and the founder of Den Meditation. We have Lori Ladd on today. She's a spiritual teacher and a very grounded human being, which is why I love talking to her. And she also wrote this pretty incredible book called The Divine Design, which was a complete download to her that happened when she went to Machu Picchu. And it is all about the untold story of Earth's and humanity's evolution, really kind of the history from an energetic perspective. It's so cool. And so, and we talk about it a little bit, but what's interesting about this conversation, we actually really, for a good chunk of time, give you very, very practical, tangible tools on how you can take all this shit that you were feeling in your life and actually transmute it and move past it. So this is actually kind of a goldmine. Clearly we were guided to give you guys, you know, something that's very needed right now with all the changes and with everything going on, whatever you're going through, whatever you can't kind of shake off or whatever, you know, trauma that's still living within you. This is a beautiful conversation about how you actually process those emotions and so that they can actually do their job, go through your body, and then get this actually leave. So enjoy this conversation, please. I hope you do. She has a great practice at the end where she leads you through a very simple breathing practice that actually helps ground you that you can do anywhere. Um, and let us know, drop us a line, give us a follow, you know, please, a review goes a long way and we'd very much appreciate it. I love talking to people who, you know, you, I I feel like this conversation is going to be super woo woo and I'm very into that. Um, just the prefacing for those who are listening. um, it's funny because I really loved your book and I have read a few Barbara Hand Cloud books in the past and um, and just so people know Barbara Hand Cloud as well as this book very much talk about kind of different dimensions the 5D 6D all the different dimensions all the different energies um, but what I loved about this was and it, by the way, it's just it's two very different generations, right, of, of writers and when coming in. But one of the things I always found harder about Barbara Hand Cloud, as brilliant as they are, they're just more scientific. So sometimes you really feel like you're, you know, sogging through because it's very almost like textbook based. Right. And this one, I think you said it yourself in the description. It, it reads like this fun intergalactic story um, while while simultaneously giving you so much information or at least putting, even if you already know some of this stuff, it's putting it together in a way and filling in little blanks that sometimes you didn't even realize weren't connecting yet for you. And you're like, Oh yes, that connects this and that. Um, So I think it's great. So people you should read it because if you're interested in knowing more kind of energetically and, you know, some people don't want to peel peel it back and I get it. If you don't want to peel it back, it's not for you. But if you want to peel it back, um it's great. And again, an easier read that way of digesting. It allows you to digest it. Also, am I crazy but I feel like it's totally infused with a shit ton of light codes. <laughs> it's
2: totally your whole body's like what the fuck just happened to me? 1000%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it, you don't even have to understand anything just like pretend And like, there's something happening. A thousand
1: percent. It just definitely feels like in a good way. So like, let's start from the beginning. So people understand, like you should talk a little bit. I think anyone who listens to this podcast, well, I don't want to say anyone, that's not fair. A lot of people who listen to this podcast we will have already heard, if they don't deep dive in it, we will have already heard terms like 3D, 5D, um, and understanding that there's just kind of different energies people are talking about. But why don't you just give like a little bit of a brief overview just so that when we dive deep and go weird, people kind of at least understand what we're talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of my teachings now are not what's in the book. So it's really fascinating because, um, the book kind of came through me into me, like a download, like a suitcase was delivered full of information energetically in 2018. And it was like, you're going to talk about the history of earth. And I was like, what? And so it was like, you know, I, I I had to dissect the information. I mean, I didn't know really most of what came through. I didn't. I didn't know it beforehand. So it's really about how, at least from the perspective of this like higher dimensional consciousness or energy, right? You can call them ETs or whatever you want to call them, but it's just not physical energies. Um, and they wanted to bring awareness to us, uh, the humans, how we got here, how earth got here what is this all about why are we here again why are we enduring all of this um what happened millions of years ago how did we get into this third dimensional realm um of what so many would consider suffering right with duality and polarity um and and where are we now what is this that we're in and and where are we you know going and so it gives this like really um short cliff note version of like millions of years on this planet. Um, be, and because it was so much information um, I wanted it to be as like concise and specific as possible without a lot of like, t- I didn't want too much detail and in going into like, what do you mean about this. Like, I just wanted it to be as concise as possible Um, and, um, it's, it's in the beginning, it's very like quantum, like what is a dimension? What do you mean? Energy spins. What do you mean? You can, you, 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 you experience based on the frequency of your spin. Like all of that is kind of like mind messy. Mm -hmm. Right. But then there, to me, there always seems to be some sort of resonance somewhere in there. Like. I don't really know exactly what you're saying, but something feels right about it. Um, and so it's, it. and then the kind of the book moves into like, how did, like, how did we fall? Because the book basically says that we started in this fifth dimensional realm, sort of kind of where humanity is going back into. And, and why did we fall back down into the, or fall back in or fall into the third dimension? And, and explain and- briefly for people just,
1: the pragmatic differences between like three and five?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest, there's a handful, but (laughs) quite simply there is this idea of victimhood in the third dimension. So this idea that we are um, not sovereign or safe that something is always happening to us, that there is right and wrong, a good choice, a bad choice. Now there is right and wrongs, right? You don't beat up an animal, you don't hit a kid, like, you know, you don't beat up a child. Like those are fundamental right and wrongs. But in terms of like, what's the right thing that I should be doing? What's the right relationship, right? These are all very third dimensional ways of viewing your human experience. Um, Very much needing to be in control. I need to be in control of things. I identify as my emotions, thoughts, beliefs, behaviors. Um, I have to change my emotions, beliefs, right? 5D, the fifth dimensional realm or frequency is an experience. So the third dimension is an experience. It's a way of being. It's a a state of being. Um, It's a frequency, but it's a state of being. And so when you start moving into higher states of being, then what occurs is that you start realizing that you are sovereign. So you, you realize that you're actually safe to feel whatever it is that arises in you. And then when that happens, you start realizing, oh my gosh, I am not what I am feeling, right? And you realize that you are not a victim. Uh, You start observing. So now you're observing everything you're experiencing from this empowered state. It's not so much that you don't see evil or see fear or see corruption, to me it's that you are standing in all of it from this higher perspective or beingness where you're just in a different way of being you're you're in a more of a flow state so it's not getting rid of pain like oh if i'm in a 5d i won't feel pain no it's that if you're in a fifth dimensional state of awareness or state of being you're experiencing what we would label as pain, but you're not identifying as it. So it just moves through you, right? So there's this, the, uh, it's a very different way of being. And if you think about like your own life right now, a lot of us are slowly moving into these new ways of being without even realizing or trying to. It's just this natural state of evolution that we exactly. find ourselves in. It's just, it's natural, it just starts to happen.
1: But that's why it's funny when you said my teachings aren't based on this at all. What I really loved about it is so many of my teachings are, but not in a way where I'm like 3D, 5D, any of that stuff, just in like what we just spoke about of like, how do you get out of victimhood? How can you start feeling empowered? How um, can you start rewriting your own stories? How do you look? I always call it the eagle eye perspective is usually how I teach it. Like how can we become the eagles versus like being so far down, everything you you're just so caught up in stuff. But when you can fly above it, you kind of see why things are happening. And again, to your point, it doesn't mean things stop happening. It's just, you kind of see why something the ebbs and the flows and why they come in and why they go out, which is what I loved about it is then when you bring kind of the energetic speak to it, which I always love. um, It just, like you said, it helps give some history or reasoning to it. But it's interesting of, but keep going. So it's the, the basis of the book really is this idea of we are in a period, right? I mean, I guess we could say we are in a period of shifting, um, from 3d to 5d and there's a four in between, um, Mm -hmm. which seems like a troublemaker one, because (laughs) I was like, at four, is just always trouble every time in the book. It's actually very funny. Um, but, um, but it's, it does feel like, when you look at us as a society, it's a fascinating idea, I think for everyone to kind of open themselves up to, because why do you think the downloads came? Why do you think they felt it was time for people to know this?
2: Well, I mean, that's such a good question. I mean, first of all, I think that when you, this is just a remembrance to me, the book is just a deeper remembrance. It's not something I'm teaching that's new information. To me, it's just a deep knowingness that you had and everybody else had before incarnating. Like we all knew what earth was. We all knew that it was this experiment that she chose as a consciousness and that she's going through, meaning that she's a consciousness inside a physical form that we call the planet, the planetary body. And she has chosen to move into higher you know dimensional fields in physicality and because we are in such a dense physical realm that doesn't make any sense we're like what's so great about that like (laughs) what is that like that's what she's that's what we're doing but the the miraculous ability to shift dimensional fields in physicality is insane. It's very very insane. It's very like jaw dropping what because basically what you have to do is you have to alchemize physicality, you have to shift a physical form. It's like looking at um you know an ice cube and watching it melt, right? It's like holy cow, it's sh- it's changing form. It's it's looking at You're a like, rock that was crease. that and
1: it's technically the same thing right now, but it's not the same thing. Really. Right.
2: Exactly. And it's like, we look at that and we're like, oh, it just melts. Right. And it seems very simple. And yes, of course, that's a really, you know, not the the same kind of analogy, but it is in the sense, you know, you look at a rock that turns into a diamond, you know, it's like, how did that happen? This is, this is a physical evolution, a physical frequency shift, a physical transformation, a, a changing of physicality. It doesn't mean that our physical bodies are necessarily going to change into something different, although they do slowly shift. It's, um, it's a physical shift that starts to move into different dimensional fields while remaining in physicality. So it's, it's, um, I mean, the body does is starting to change. The body is shifting in, in, in its abilities, um, we are going to start seeing seeing healing in absolutely new ways. We're going to start seeing our telepathic abilities come online. We're going to see our clair sentience, clair audience, these, these six senses start to come online even more. Um, we're going to have knowingnesses that we never had. Like these are uh this is from the physical body shifting. It's it's all it's all in here. These these abilities aren't outside of the physical body. It's it's like turning them on. Yeah. It's just turning them on in the physical form. So the physical form is shifting, which means that it's holding more light, which means that the, the, the denser light, the, the heavier energies from trauma and programming and mind control and all of that, these, these ways that we have been, they start to alchemize, almost dissolve sort of Um, into the light, which which just means that you start choosing through awareness to be in new ways. It's like the heavier sand that was in your body that kept you programmed for so long as soon as more light comes in, the light shines on it. There's an awareness around it. Oh my God, look at all the ways that I've been thinking, being, feeling, all of that. And just by that awareness, it just dissolves. It just kind of like
1: You know, it's interesting. One of the things in the book I wanted to ask you about is it says to basically transmute energy, you know, to dissolve this heavier energy. And one of the things I love, again, I teach it all the time. Your body is equipped to process this energy. That's what it does. It's why we have the chakra system. It's why, you know, you can move stuff through it. But like you said, certain traumas, they get so dense. They don't move. They get stuck. We talk about it all the time. That's why physically we sometimes manifest some stuff. But one of the things I found interesting was you have to be aware of the trauma to process it. What can you talk about that a little bit, because I find that interesting. It's just interesting. Different camps would feel differently. Some, you know, energy workers would say, no, it's energy's energy. We can just move it. Um, it's, it's a fascinating blend of kind of energy work and almost, you know, psychology of like being aware of what happened. Is there, talk to me about why you must be kind of aware of it to then move it, or is it just aware of the energy?
2: I think it's more of like aware of simply it. the energy. So what happens with humans is we get attached. So the healers that say, oh, just allow it because it's energy are, are brilliant because what they, they're trying to get you to not attach to it. Yeah. Right. However, the teachers that say, you know, understand it as trauma is also brilliant. That both of them are brilliant because if if you know that it's a trauma then basically you're you're there's a compassion that you can have there's an understanding right there is an awareness of oh wow this has been with me since i was 6 years old oh wow this has been playing out my whole life in relationships so there's a, there's a power and an empowerment to understanding the story behind the limiting thought or the a behavior or the addiction or the emotional states you're pushing down. There's an empowerment when you kind of see the patterning. Oh my God, this is what I do. Okay. Then it's like, oh, wow, this is because of dot, dot, dot. That's
3: great. However...
2: If you simply just allow whatever it is to just arise without trying to figure it out, it will pass faster.
1: Because you're now not putting any attachments on it.
2: It'll pass faster. But if you, if it's a catch 22, because if you're still attaching to what's coming up, (laughs) right, then you're, then you kind of need to know why it's coming up. Cause you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to focus on it and you're going to judge yourself and you're going to say, there's something wrong with me and this keeps coming up. So it's like the the teacher that can direct you to, oh no, this is because of dot, look at how these patterns, right? So that kind of shifts the human's focus and it's like, oh, I understand now. And then they can let go. Right. And it moves. It's like that
1: duality of speaking of 3d, that duality of getting a diagnosis. It's like, There's freedom sometimes in that because you stop searching everywhere and you feel like you can move stuff through, but sometimes it's also the opposite. It's it puts a label on you that you can't get yourself out of. And so that hinders your own healing. Yeah. So it's like it's it's that both where you see both sides. I guess it's almost kind of like when you have a kid and you're like, it totally depends on the kid, how they're gonna process. It's almost the same. Like, how do you process? So it's like what do you tend to get attached or not attached? Do you need the help to push it through? Or is it better for you not to have it at all?
2: I mean, it's it. Ideally, what the the place that I have come to in in my everyday life is that I've dropped deeper into this place of no longer needing to know. But I've gone through stages, right? I've mm-hmm. gone through the, the the deep trauma work. Um, I've gone through the awareness of the patterns. Oh my God, this is the pattern I do with men every single time. Wow. Look at all the men I've chosen. It's all the same. So there's all I've done that kind of those More. steps, those, those, those layers and where I'm at now. And, and truly this is the easiest way through is that whatever arises in me, I just simply allow it.
1: Talk about that a little bit more for people who are listening. So, you know, they're driving, it's LA. Most, a lot of people are in LA, right? They're driving, they're stuck in traffic. They're sitting in their car, random something comes and all of a sudden there's a pit in their stomach and it's like, they just, you feel, sometimes I'm saying, sometimes you feel trauma and you have no fucking clue what it is. Yeah. So take it from there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, trauma is um, debilitating. It's anxiety ridden it's, it induces stress and anxiety for no apparent reason. Um, and you will start to feel emotions for no apparent reason. You will wake up in the morning feeling anxiety for no reason. And what I tend to do, if I know, it's not if, I know that every single thing that that is arising within me, i.e. that I'm feeling inside of me, especially if it's super intense, like anxiety, stress, worry, fear, I know that it's serving me. I know that in the bottom of my beingness. And what I mean when I say, I know that it's serving me is I know that it is shifting me. It's everything that's arising within me is designed to pop up. It's designed to show me. It's designed to show me what I'm still connected to, what I'm still attached to, what I still believe, what I still fear, what's, what's still holding me back. And so for me, it's less about changing it or fixing it. It's more about, okay, can I just feel this without trying to change it? Now, most humans have a very difficult time with this because they attach immediately to it. It doesn't feel good. Oh,
1: okay. There's something
2: wrong with me how do I get rid of it? And it makes total sense. It is not fun. It is not comfortable to feel these things that come up. There is nothing that's like, oh yes, this is so great. Like, keep it going. I'm so happy right now. Like, no, 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 no. We are programmed to change it, to get out of it. And that's the problem that keeps us in a loop of constantly chasing or running from what simply just needs to be felt. And so we're always running away from what it is that just freaking wants to be felt. And we're just creating more ways and helpful ways
1: to run away from stuff. That's also part of the problem. We become a society of being like, do this, do that. It's so interesting. I love how you said it because I say the same thing. Like when I teach my class, I'm like, when that thing starts happening, that feeling and you wanna like shut down, why don't you use it as like an alarm bell that says, ding, 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 you're about to go on a journey and it's gonna fucking suck, but then it's gonna be amazing, you know? And just know that that's part of it. And you know, you get that end point. You always get the gift at the end. You always get the reward, whatever it is. There's no guarantees if it's a short period or a long one. We all have, you know, we've all experienced them on many different lengths. I say, sometimes it's a week and sometimes you're in it for a year, two years, three years. It just, you never know. But the key, which I think you so brilliantly said, is this idea of, cause it takes you out of victimhood in two seconds and it puts you in curiosity. And it's this idea of right away saying, this is for me. This is happening for me. This is designed, I think you used the word designed. This is, is how we use it. This is designed um, for me. And I yeah. think that's such a brilliant way to put it because if people can right away be like, oh, okay, here's here's the gift. Like it just calms you and it allows you, I feel like when you know it takes you to a good place, when you know there's a good ending, it's like when you know the ending of a movie, you can kind of sit through the shit a little bit, like the anxiety, because you know it turns out okay. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's like, if you know it's going to be okay, I feel like it allows you to sit in it easier. Your ego kind of chills out a little bit.
2: Yeah. And it's also, for me, there's always this knowingness that nothing is an accident. It's not like, oh shit. Why am I feeling anxiety? There's no why am I feeling when when anxiety or stress Hmm. or unworthiness or insecurity, right? I mean, the things that are popping up for me constantly is unworthiness, insecurity, some anxiety in the mornings for no reason, right? So these things pop up and I don't say, why? Why is this happening again? Why am I feeling this again, right? I just show up and I'm like, oh, here you are again right and it's like i allow it to walk side by side with me until it's gone so i don't really focus on it i don't put a lot of attention on it i don't i definitely do not change it i'm not a fan of like um the positive thinking kind of thing because i i understand why it it's so powerful to do the positive thinking i 1000 bazillion percent my girlfriend just got diagnosed with breast cancer and so it's like you're healed you're healthy like yes. i like i'm a Big believer in, like, you know, it's done. You are already healed. Like, I get that. But when it comes to like the regular kind of day to day emotional states, it doesn't make sense to me to positive think your way out of it unless you're identifying as it. Mm. So, if you're not identifying as what you're experiencing, there's no need to positive think your way out of it because you're not actually identifying as it. That's, that's a fascinating point. So
1: when you do the positive thinking, you're automatically locking yourself into being whatever it is you're thinking.
2: Right. Think about it like, okay, so let's say I have unworthiness, which I, 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 it, it comes up a lot, right? Just not being worthy of like, you know, people listening to me or, or, you know, whatever unworthiness makes no sense. Probably deal has to do with trauma in some way, shape, or form in some other, or maybe not. Who knows? It's just it's what I experience quite often. I don't say to myself, "I am worthy, I am worthy, I am worthy, I am worthy," because in saying I am worthy, then I'm actually identifying with unworthiness, kind of pulling unworthiness in front of me and giving unworthiness the stage. Right. right? Instead, I know I'm not unworthy but I know that it's something that I'm feeling and that feeling or that belief is so intense that it's taking over. It wants me to believe it.
1: It's like, so the I, unworthiness. am oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
2: Yeah. It's like the unworthiness
1: is the guest at the dinner party. It's not the host.
2: Yeah. It's like having breakfast with me or lunch. Or yeah. Dinner. I always
1: love, I always love that idea of like sit down, like when I'm really feeling it, sometimes I will do that. Like in my own meditation, or like either put it on a bench with me or at a table with me and just be like, hey, hey, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Like, whatever. <laughs> but, but, like, um, it's, it, there is a totally, I, I think that's so interesting. Because, like, I, and I am with you. There's such a fine line of the positivity, which I say in my class, too. I'm all for gratitude. I wake up sometimes first thing in the morning. Yes. And I'm just like, Teach. and it helps me because I say I can get into this, like, which I've talked about openly about this too, this like martyrdom thing. And like, I'm so tired and I work so much and me, 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 me. And I have a kid and, you know, it's all of a sudden like, and so I've really been trying when I'm not being woken up by said child or dogs. I really do try to in the morning, just say like, what a great day. How lucky am I to be a mom to this awesome child. And I get to take care of these dogs that have given me so much joy. And it does really shift because I'm already starting the day, not in this like negative place. Um, but I see it's so interesting. Like when this emotion pops up, I actually see what you're saying instead of just being like, but I'm lucky I have all this in my life and I have this in my life. It's like, you're, you're not giving it space to just
2: present itself either. Right. Gratitude is huge. I've been doing a lot of gratitude lately as well. Because I can get into this like woe is me. It's like Lori, what are you fucking complaining about? You need <laughs> to zip your mouth right now and go and be embarrassed for the fact that you're complaining about your life. Like you right. need to stop. This is embarrassing. Same. Right. So there is definitely a real beautiful power to gratitude. It, it smacks you in the face and settles you down. Right. Um, and I think for me, the 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 key here is. Not that positive thinking is bad or negative. I'm just saying, be aware. Are -hmm. you attaching? How difficult is it to observe the unworthiness or the insecurity or the fear or the anxiety? How difficult is it to observe it? It's pretty challenging. The way you practice observation is you say to yourself, I am feeling dot, dot, dot. I am believing that I'm unworthy. The moment you say, I am believing that I am unworthy you pop.
3: That's because you're
1: just saying, I believe and that's you're identifying with this is a belief. Yes, not me.
2: Yes. And then you're like, I always am like in awe, you know, I had an eating disorder for a really long time that I talk about. And I'm like on the like the, 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 the end of this sort of like experience with the limiting beliefs around food and body and all this, right? And so when these thoughts pop in about my body and food and whatever, I'm always just like, holy shit, I am in awe of your thoughts, of these thoughts. I am in awe of this, like the power that this has, right? And just by doing that, first of all, it immediately pops you into the observer, What I mean is like when you are in awe of how powerful your thought is, that pops you into the observer. The second thing it does is it gives you compassion for yourself. Like, of course, you're going to do what the thought tells you to do. It's a powerful thought. thought, like bow down to that thought, like instead of being afraid of the thought or like, fuck this thought, get out of my head. I hate you. Like, No, I'm just like, I'm literally in awe of the thoughts that control me because I'm like, oh my God, it's just a thought and it literally controls me. It also, a third
1: thing, I mean, if some people could do it to put you in awe of yourself for having that power, like sometimes, even if something's not the best thought for you, it's still amazing. I get amazed. It's like when I went through fertility treatments all the time and I was in it like crazy. And I remember, I think part of the reason I could handle it so well, I was so obsessed with the science of it, but it's the same idea. It's like, If you can almost be obsessed with how powerful you are, even when it works against you, you see your strength. Now it's just how do you make it work for you? You know, but there's still an immense power in there. Well, fuck, I'm brilliant. God damn it, I'm so brilliant. I'm like flipping it this way. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah.
2: And then and think of how it can lighten it up. It doesn't it's it's it doesn't take it away, but it's there's somehow like this awe around your human journey. Um, There's an awe around like, oh my God, I am really, I really want to control this. Like I am going to change this. I am going to be in control of this. And, and then, so it's not about like, this is the way you're supposed to do things. You've got to do things the right way. And you like, if this teacher says these things or these of this, this person, this guru or whatever it is, right. They're like, this is how you do it. Yeah and you're not doing it, it's like, then you're, it's even worse. So it's sort of like, you just have to, you have to find ways to just be in awe of how you're navigating it. If you find yourself numbing yourself out, just be like, damn, I'm numbing myself out again. Okay. I'm going to, you know, drink that third glass of wine tonight. Okay. I'm going to watch Netflix for seven hours. Okay. But the observer is aware. The observer is just like, damn girl, you're doing it again. I'm doing it again.
1: That was me the other night with a bag of potato chips late night, whole bag. And I, it's like my, and I'm literally like, you know, this isn't good for you. I'm aware, you know, you shouldn't do this. I'm also aware. You also know that in the morning, your stomach's not going to feel great. Totally aware are you still going to do it? Absolutely. Yes. I was like, okay. Like literally that was the conversation I had with myself. I giggled as I was taking the bag. Cause it was like, you just fucking want the potato chips and that's just what's going to happen. And for whatever reason, you're not in a place where you're saying no right now.
2: It's so beautiful. It's so true. <laughs> that's my whole life, my whole day, everything. Like I'm always having that conversation back and forth and that's the observer. It that was is the observer. I
1: literally was laughing. I even put them up higher. Like, cause it's like, I just, there's something that happens at like 8.30 PM for me. Like that's when I want to eat the fucking world. And it's, it doesn't matter if at eight o'clock I did eat the fucking world at 8.30. It's like, so I put them up even higher and I just started laughing as I took it. Cause I was like, yeah, there was no changing that conversation. Like you're, you're in it.
2: Just, yeah. I do that a lot. It, 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 if you think about like, I don't know about you, but man, lately I've been waking up for no reason, having anxiety, anxiety about my business, anxiety mm-hmm. about money, anxiety about Same. the day, anxiety. Right. And it's like every morning when I open my eyes, I'm like, am I going to have the anxiety? Like I'm always kind of feeling into like, is the anxiety here <laughs> right now? Um, and then when the anxiety does show up, it's just sort of like, Oh, okay. If the anxiety is here, I'm just going to keep going about my day. I'm not going to make it wrong or bad. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to like, okay, I'm not focusing on it as if it's controlling me. It's just there. It just moves through the body. It's uncomfortable. Um, But what I tend to notice, even with really, really, really intense deaths that occur within me, typically, they're gone within 24 hours. Max, Mm. they're gone within 12 hours if I simply don't do anything with it.
1: You know, I've been observing this with my daughter, and I'm proud of myself because I was not raised in a household where this was an okay thing. I was definitely raised with like, oh my God, don't be sad, don't be upset. I mean, and I get it. Everyone has their reasoning. It was like, you know, one from the depression, so it's like literally saving with and one fighting for independence their entire time through a country. Like so literal war all the time. So you know, not a lot of room for letting your emotions just process. So I found like when my daughter was younger, I could see myself sometimes doing that to her, like, you know, think it away or blah, 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 because she's very emotional. When I've gotten so much better, and this morning's a perfect example because I didn't sleep at all last night. I was up late, and then she came in at 3 because she wasn't sleeping. Then one of the dogs woke up at 4, and then she woke up again at 5 to go back to her room, and then she comes in at 6. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and she comes in at 6 crying, bawling. I actually just posted this on my Instagram. It's very funny. And I'm like, and I could feel that moment of just wanting to be so annoyed because I was so fucking tired, but obviously she's crying. So I'm like, what's wrong, love? And, and I just like invite her into the bed with me. And she's like, Luna, which I thought was funny because it's a full moon. So of course our dog named after the moon, she's like, Luna ate my fifth, third favorite toy, not first, not second, (laughs) third favorite toy and is bawling. And, you know, I put her in and I remember I was really tired, but I remember thinking like, sometimes if I'm in the zone, I can actually tell myself what, the conversation you and I just had where I'm like, let her just have it. Let it just go through her body. Let her learn how to let the, especially because she is so emotional. I'm like, she really needs to learn how to let it come in, go right through. Um, and so I just held her and let her cry. And I was so proud of myself because not once did I say any of the practical things. Not once was I like, well, you don't really play with the toy or like, or did you leave it on the floor for the dog? Whatever. Like I didn't say any of the things. I just let her cry. And a few things have happened like this where I've just been like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're so sad. And like, just let her have it. And it's what you just said is true within like 20 minutes later, that girl is bouncing off the walls, the most happy human as if nothing's even happened, just totally normal. And, and I always tell her later too, I'm like, Hey, I'm really proud of you. Like you felt your emotions, you let it just come through and let it go. Just so she knows, like she be aware that she's actually doing it. Um, Because I wish I had that. Like, I wish someone taught that to me. And even though I fuck up in so many other ways with her, like I feel like if I can just help her, you know, process this, but it's your point. I mean, it literally happened this morning. She was then like, Oh, I'm going to get this. I'm going to have this school snack and blah, And I'm going to, I think I want a waffle for breakfast. And was just back to like, and then even talking about like, then her dented weird animal was like there. And she's like, look what Luna did, like just had moved past. Yep. It. Yeah.
2: I mean, if you think about that, the, we, the, this came up in, this comes up in the book too. It's like, if you think about the way the body's designed, right? It sounds like you teach this as well, right? That's why we have the chakra systems, the energy systems that spin. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're lucky, they spin right, right. now, right? Um, and that the channel, the energetic channel that goes through the whole body, every experience that we have externally is energy. It's an energy. It's an energy that your physical body is bumping up against it it hits it okay so she sees the dog destroying it that's an energetic experience that then moves into the physical body and just needs to be processed through the emotional body the mental body the physical body so it's processed as oh my god the dog ate whatever it is that she uses to that she dissects it as right grief anger sadness it just simply needs to move all the way down and the, and then it's gone essentially that is how everything that we experience is designed to be experienced but think about what happens when let's just talk about external experiences not trauma you 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 know something happens outside of you you get an email from somebody or a phone call or a text message or even you look on instagram and it does something it's an energetic experience that moves into your body and as soon as we feel it we immediately grab it and we make it something. we judge it we we attach it, we label it right, and then when you do that, you're holding you're 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 just you just grabbed it and you're now just like hanging it's now hanging out. it's now just circulating somewhere in the body because you've grabbed it, you've identified with it, you've put a label to it, right you're even trying to change or fix it instead of just like okay something happened out here. It's energy. It's now moving through my body. I'm processing at it as sadness or whatever it is. I'm labeling it these things, but I'm going to do my best to simply just remember that it's energy moving through my body. It doesn't feel good. (laughs) Then it moves through. Now, if you're talking about trauma, like heavy shit, that's like been in there forever. You're so used to sort of like programmed ways of being, then it's 10 times more difficult to not attach to it because you're already attached to it. That's why it's trauma. Because all trauma is, is an experience that you had externally at some point that you didn't just allow through, you attached to, you ran from, you pushed down, you labeled, you judged, you felt unsafe to feel, you left your body when you were feeling it. So then it stayed, right? So now if you think about these energies, traumas that are trying to implode within you to be felt finally to move through there's so much attachment to them unconsciously that it's almost like how do you not attach to this unworthiness um fear of of abandonment um uh, not worthy of unconditional love whatever it is it's like oh no this has always just been me this is just what i think well that's uh, you just hit on two things a and i have a question about
1: it a it's like yes yeah, so now this trauma this energy that's been sitting there is so fucking loaded and so heavy like it's hard it's like how do you you know how do you push the sausage through like yeah you know how do you get it through the meat maker it's like and it's just like <laughs> getting it I know I have weird fucking metaphors sometimes but like how do you push it through is and that's the question really like what are the tips on that but also you said like how am i not that I have found, and I've recognized it myself lately, too, certain feelings that I'm finally allowing myself to feel and i'm like oh i've it's just been so part of me my entire life. It's not that I'm sure at some point I was pushing it down, which is why it's there, but it's not like in my adult life i'm I'm purposely pushing it down it's just a feeling I'm so content and used to, and I'm luckily for me can function fine on the outside with it. It's like, it's almost like I have to do the work to realize, no, 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 this is actually a hindrance and you need to find a way to start like really unpeeling the layers or push it through. So then that brings me back to the question, when you do have a heavier, whether it's trauma or whatever, that energy that's there is just heavier. So it's not, you know, it's not processing. It's not as fresh. It's not going to process through as easily. How do you, how do you recommend like to do that?
2: Yeah, I love that analogy. It's not as fresh. So it's not gonna process as easily. But it's true. You know what I mean? It's, it's so like... true. It's so freaking true. Like I think it's that's like... how you can identify as trauma, you know, that's in the body coming up is like it just feels so comfortable. It just feels so familiar. It's like, I just, I just believe this, like, this is, I'm just, this is, this is what I've believed for so long or this, and I function and I can, I can have it in my head or I can have it as a behavior. And I, I, I've learned how to, how to, how to do life with with it. it. Yeah, And I think it's just the awareness that this evolution is all about realizing that you have never been what you have always thought you were. So, most of us have grown up believing that we are the emotions, thoughts, beliefs behaviors, believing that we have to be a certain way in order to receive love or acceptance or abundance there's there's really a lot of um tightness restriction uh narrowness in this human journey and so this evolution is about realizing that you have that you are not what it is that you have always believed yourself to be. So then it's like, what have I believed myself to be? And that's simply all it is, is just the awareness of, and then the feeling of, oh my God, I have always believed, or I have believed for so long that life has to be hard, that I have to work really, really hard in order to be seen, in order to be successful, right? Is that true? It's true in my life. Do I want that to be true? Not really. So there's an awareness of just like, what have you always believed yourself to be, which you're not. It doesn't necessarily mean that that goes away. For me, it's not getting rid of the unworthiness because there's, if I, if I try to get rid of the unworthiness, then there's an attachment to it, right? Instead it's just simply realizing that I have believed this for so long. And when it pops up again, there's a choice now of believing it or not believing it. And then just the awareness of that, the awareness of, oh, I'm believing it today. Oh my God, I'm not believing it. Or, oh my God, it hasn't popped up in three weeks, right? Just this 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 flow state that you start to move into as things continue to arise, because we can't run from any of it. There's no... There's no running from this. So the body's going to continue to show you what just simply wants to be felt. It ju- it just simply wants to be felt. Anxiety just wants to be felt, fear just wants to be felt, insecurity just wants to be felt. Like what if we just felt it, the power, the empowerment?
1: It's so interesting what just popped in my head t- from your book you know, one of, one of the main tenants is, you know, which I think most people have heard talk like this, but one of the main tenants is you choose what you want to be basically. So before you come in and before you incarnate, you're choosing, I think they said you pick a bunch. they're like, here's like a long list of shits, <laughs> <laughs> And you get to just be like, I'll take these 10 pieces of shit and I'm going to explore these. But the whole point is like, you're excited to do it. You're kind of like, like you said, I want, I'm mine are unworthiness, abandonment, whatever. And so therefore you pick, and then you, and then you pick your design, you pick your parents, you pick the situations, the contracts, whatever that are going to help you really get to experience it. So the reason I'm bringing that up is it's so interesting when you're talking about this, because when you kept saying it just wants to be felt, my whole point was like, well, fuck, of course it wants to be felt. You chose it from the list. It's like, so if you don't actually allow yourself to experience what you yourself chose you're just literally failing your own life plan. So even though it feels awful, it's like, it's like, check it off the fucking list. Like, just do it and be like, oh, yay, I did it. I got unworthiness. Great. And now you can like do the other, but it was, it's a weird shift in my head from what I had read that moment of like, oh yeah, cause you ch- you literally chose these few things that you want to work through an experience because that's the whole point. This is an experience. You want to understand what the experience is. So Yes, it wants to be felt because it's really like, hey, we sign up for this. Let me play my part. Please do not keep me down anymore. Let me get to say my lines. Let me be seen. Let me get a front stage every once in a while. Can I take my bow? Like, I just want to be seen because we had a deal. It's really interesting, actually, when you were saying that. I was like, I I mean, I got chills because I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to change the way I relate with it because it's like, oh, yeah, it's you and me. We signed up for this together. Why do I feel like I'm the only one playing this part? Oof.
2: Yes, we had a deal. We had a deal. Think about that. Like, if you if you like that awareness, okay, it doesn't mean that it's gonna be easy. No, no one said this is easy. And you're definitely gonna have temper tantrums. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've had a few. But if you (laughs) hold that awareness. Even when you don't want to, even when you're having the temper tantrum of like, fuck this, I never agreed to this, right? If you still hold that awareness of like, okay, there were core consciousnesses that I did choose. This is serving me, by me, for me. This is an agreement that we're doing together. This isn't an accident. This isn't mistake. This isn't something I'm doing wrong, right? This idea that there's something wrong with you because you're experiencing something or you have some addictive behavior or there's a pattern that keeps playing out, from that higher perspective, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. You're doing an excellent job. Like, literally, you're getting a
1: hundred percent. A plus. Yeah, plus. you got a hundred percent. But it's like a totally different perspective. Cause normally when you're in it, you feel like you're getting an F or a D minus or yeah. uh, depending on the day, maybe you're hovering in the C's. Like because you're just like, This doesn't I'm not doing life right because it sucks. But if you actually were like, oh no, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like you said, the play will go a lot faster. You'll get through it. You get to put that like done, checked, done. And you got an A plus by going through it.
2: Yeah. And you're like kind of proud of yourself. Like, wow. You know, it's 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 a different perspective than this like judgy, uh, there's something wrong with me. I shouldn't be feeling these things. I should have already healed from this. Why is this still popping up? If you're one of those people, which is 99% of humans that are like, I should have already healed from this. Why is this keep continuing, continuing to come up? There's something wrong with me. Pay attention to that because that means that you're still identifying as it, like you're still grabbing it And what's being asked of you, if you're in that state, because listen, I am not going to sugarcoat, you know, kind of what I go through every day, the the ups and downs of whatever I'm experiencing. It's, I don't try to um, get rid of anything. I I, I just simply let it be. It doesn't make me who I am. It doesn't mean that I, I'm not uh, doing this properly. It doesn't, mean that i'm fucking up in life it just means that this is life this is what's showing up this is what is and the more that you can step into that awareness the the more you will start moving through everything you'll start watching your life kind of elevate without having to get rid of anything that's coming up right
1: well that's like to your point that's kind of when you The dimension, energetic dimensions, changes a little bit. It's like the the things aren't changing. Your vibrations changing.
2: Yeah, your frequencies
1: changing. And you don't change
2: your vibration or your frequency by trying to get out of what you're in. Right. That's that's the you learn to enjoy it. Yeah, (laughs) you learn. You just (laughs) learn that it, it is what it is. It just is, and it's like, you know, I say this a lot. If you think about, like, you know not the religious figure Jesus, but the, the man that walked the planet Jesus or other people like Gandhi or, you know, um, uh, these, these, these these people that walked the earth that were in what you would, what you would consider a sort of an elevated state of awareness. They didn't run from the pain, right? They didn't run from the dark or the shadow or the uncomfortable, they walked right into it they invited it they weren't afraid of it why because they knew that they weren't it so it they they didn't run from people that were angry or or evil or corrupt or dark or uh intr- they didn't do that they 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 stood in all of it uh because they knew that they were none of it so it it couldn't impact them it just simply was the experience and that's what we're learning how to do internally, right? So that we can do it externally, Mm -hmm. right? But we have to be able to recognize that there's nothing to be afraid of with what we have to start to get comfortable in the uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, and know who you are. Because like what you were saying, I used to say this all the time. There'd be, I was on a mommy Facebook group when I first had Lovey and there'd be people who's like, can you believe it? This woman shamed me and blah, blah, blah. And I would always they hated me, but I would always write, you really can only be shamed if you feel shameful of it. I was like, if you don't give a shit, it doesn't matter what that person says. You'll find it hilarious. I mean, trust me, I can see looks sometimes when people don't, and I'm like, eh, whatever. Cause it's like I'm not identifying with however they're identifying me as. Yep. So it's that same thing. I'm like, it only works like that, you know, and I've said this to my partner. It drives me him crazy. He said something once, like, you did this, and I was like, well, I can't do that to you. I was like, you can do that to you if that's what you feel about you. And he was like, what? And so pissed at me. I was, he's like, see your desk. I'm like, no, but it's true. It's like, if you feel that way, then you're going to be upset about it. But I can't yeah. shame you. It's like, you're either yeah. shamed or you're not shamed. Yep.
2: Either yeah, you either identify also, or you don't. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's this idea that somebody does something to us, which is a really difficult it's that's a, that is a uh that is a step in evolution that's really challenging but we will get there which is this idea that nobody's actually doing anything to you now i will preface that there are millions of humans that are being that are things are happening to them that you would say is out of their control so these people are doing things to this these kids or yep. these adults whatever okay yes the you know uh but in terms of just the kind of average everyday human that's walking around doing life when you are playing this role or having this lens that somebody's doing this to you and can you believe they did this to me and can, that that is um uh a more disempowered state it's it, it's a natural state of being in this world but it's a it's a disempowered state because you're you're actually giving your own state of being over to somebody else you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you're basically saying i'm going to give you the power and you're going to tell me how i feel and how i you're going to impact me based on what you do and we're designed to be able to remember that nobody impacts us except for ourselves like nobody I'm responsible for how I react. I'm responsible for how I respond. I'm responsible for how I interpret. I'm responsible for all of it. But the more trauma you have, the more what people do is going to infuriate you or bother you or bug you or piss you off because it is pinpointing the things inside of yourself that you're still attached to or. Insecure about, or hiding, or denying, or that's the great thing about having relationships, right? Oh Whatever yeah, relationship. <laughs> they they poke and prod. Yeah, it's the greatest way. To, it's the fastest way to sort of like shift is be in be in be be in the relationship. I see more shit about myself, like all these
1: things, through Alec and through my daughter. Yeah. The most, like when I'm like, oh, I really should be working on that. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I'm still clearly reactive or, ooh, clearly I'm sensitive and why and how can I like, or, you know, you just see all these things in yourself through those relationships of like, how are you reacting? Why are
2: you reacting that way? Um, I think that's one of the greatest things about being a parent is that, um, I don't, I'm not a parent. I don't have a child, but I can imagine that, uh, I mean, they always say your children are your greatest teachers, right? I can imagine that uh, it would be the greatest transformational tool, I think.
1: It is because
2: there is an innocent, it's like a,
1: do- a dog in that way. I mean, I know people are probably like, I can't believe you just did that. But I mean, in the sense of when there's innocence on the other end and you still seeing yourself react probably the way I've reacted to Alec about something, but I could justify in my head probably a million reasons why that reaction made complete sense or was not my fault. Right. But then when you do a similar version with your child or let's say a dog, you're like, well, they've done really nothing. (laughs) Right. And it just clean. It just clean slates it and just puts the mirror up in your face really quickly where you're Mm -hmm. like, this is your stuff. Like Mm -hmm. this is you. And I mean, look, I'm sure there's people who continue to blame the kids. I mean, we've seen that relationship a million times over, but if you can be in it, you can, it's pretty clear that you're none of, none of the kids at this age are purposely trying to do anything to you. You know what I mean? They're like just so innocent. They're walking freshly on this earth. So whenever I feel some of the reactive stuff that comes up for me, I'm like, well, I know this isn't her. Like I can say all the things, Mm -hmm. well, she couldn't remember, but I know it's not her. I know this is my stuff. And so yeah. it is the greatest teacher for that reason, because yeah. it forces you to then sit with it like we've been talking about and process it instead of just constantly, you know, putting the blame of why you're reacting a certain way.
2: Yeah. And just observing it being like, wow. Wow. Look at you. Look at what you're doing now, Lori. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at Look at how you're reacting now. Look at how you're responding now. And then you have that dialogue of like, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways. I don't care. I'm <laughs> reacting this way anyways. I don't give a shit, you know? And, you you know, that's that's the amount of compassion that I have learned to have with myself the last couple of years, um, I think is one of the greatest tools for myself. I think having compassion for yourself is one of the most um, powerful tools that you can have right now based on everything that we're going through internally and externally we're i mean the world is not the same place no. right so like think about how much compassion we need now just to kind of engage in the external world right
1: what do you think was your impetus of kind of really cultivating this compassion for yourself
2: i think realizing the the just how challenging it is kind of bowing at my own feet sort of like wow this this awareness started to pop in of like look at what you're going through something it's like a I guess it would probably be the observer, right? The, this, this awareness of, wow, look at what you're going through. Look at what you're feeling. Look at what you're thinking. Look at what you're, well, look at the behavior you're doing. And instead of beating myself up, I I just started to get curious with it and was like in awe of it. Like, wow, you're doing this again. I don't know what switched or, or, or how I switched that but I basically switched from condemning myself and judging myself to this observer of like, wow, because you know what it, part of, part of this natural sort of progression was this awareness that I wasn't it. And if I knew that I wasn't it, then I knew that it could move through me and eventually it would be dissolved out of me at some other space or time. And in the meantime, if I could go through it with as much compassion as possible, then why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I have more compassion for like the limiting beliefs that I have instead of beating myself up over the limiting beliefs? You know, I, it's just a different, I popped into some other different awareness. Um, I don't even know how it happened, but once I popped into that awareness, it, it doesn't go away. Like
1: Right. Because now when you this pop is how you that, see it. You can't, yeah, only see then it. you're
2: just, yeah, you're always just in that state. I think the other thing that I practice a lot is this awareness that, uh, or this knowingness that I am always evolving into new aspects of myself. So whoever I was three weeks ago, I know energetically that I'm not that same person, even though I may still have the same thoughts that pop up or what the same beliefs, I know that I'm inching sort of on an energetic scale, right? There's these little inch by inch by inch by inch that I'm doing to move myself into new versions or higher versions or different aspects of myself. So I know that whatever I am now is not who I am and that everything that's popping in is to bring me to where I'm going or who I, the version of me that I'm stepping into. What a beautiful perspective, because I feel like if everyone could do
1: that when you're in like a reactive state or, you know, you know, not talking to yourself nicely state, and you can tell yourself, like, I'm not the same person I was three weeks ago or yesterday or who I'm going to be tomorrow. I feel like you're giving yourself permission to react differently. You just immediately give yourself permission because you can, you actually believe it when you open it up that way. I think it's mm-hmm. really hard sometimes to, to us, for us to look at ourselves and feel like we're just going to be able to react differently. You know what I mean? I don't think, mm-hmm. I think we don't believe it. And then that becomes the belief system that gets in the way. But I feel like if you just say, but energetically, I'm literally not the person from three weeks ago. So maybe the reaction will shift slightly. Yep. And then if you say that, then the reaction can shift slightly. And what a beautiful permission and belief system to instill.
2: Right. And you don't say, but I'm still thinking the same limiting beliefs. It's like your hair growing. Yeah. Okay. So if you were an alien and you dropped in and you experienced the human journey for six months, you'd be like, my hair didn't grow, but you're like, oh no, no, no. Your hair grows. Just watch like a year from now, your hair is going to be longer. And then the aliens like, but I don't see it growing every day. It's not showing me that it's growing every day. And you're like, no, just trust me. I promise you. And like, it, it does, it grows. It really does. Right. I mean, unless you're like older and you're bald or something, but you know, it, it, the, the, naturally the hair just starts, to just grows, but you don't see it every day. So you're going to look back two weeks ago and be like, "But my hair hasn't grown." But it it's has. Like, no, it has. That's a great. It has.
1: That's a great it's way amazing. to look at it.
2: Yeah, I, I see everything as like the analogy of the hair growing because. You would look in the mirror and you'd be like, but I don't see my hair growing. I don't see my (laughs) shifting. I don't see myself changing. It's like, good. Keep that perspective. Like, why don't you hold the perspective that you're constantly shifting? There's a constant gradual shift. Even if when you look in the mirror, you're still thinking the same things. You're still kind of doing the same behaviors. Know that there's a version of you that already exists right that isn't doing those things mm. that isn't living in that way right and and hold that know know that you're moving this is a we're in a flow state even if you don't realize that and don't live that way we're moving there's movement we're energy it's a moving process that we're in all the time every single day it's movement 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 flow there's nothing stagnant nothing's permanent nothing the only thing that's permanent it's the the illusion that you grab and attach to everything you're experiencing right, and then you anchor it in it's like you're on a river flowing down the river of life, bump into a big boulder, freak that hurt, you know whatever it is that you're that you're feeling or experiencing, and then you grab the boulder and you're like. What the hell is this boulder? Why is this boulder here? This boulder must mean that I did something wrong in my on when I was flowing through the river. I've got to figure out how to get rid of this boulder. It's like, no, sweetheart. There's a thousand boulders in this freaking river. Just let it be. Yeah, just keep just going. Just Bump. Be happy you and, bumped it. <laughs> yeah, and just keep going. Just because there's going to be another boulder and another boulder. Don't grab it because if you grab it, you're gonna you're gonna keep yourself stagnant, stuck. It's I love feel that. Like it. I love
1: that, and that's such a great. I do want to ask one rando question off of your alien comment with there, which I yeah, think yeah. will be a hilarious one to end from the book. And maybe you have an answer to this, maybe you don't. One of the things when they were talking about <clears throat> the period of abductions and like when they would, when the 4D race was like, I love all, I love aliens and all this shit. So yeah, yeah, I've yeah. talked about this for hours, but and they would abduct the people and bring them up to 4D rooms. Like they bring them, they bring them into a 4D spacecraft, but then kind of do their experiments and bring them home. And they would pick people of a lower, 3D vibration, so that they would have less chance of remembering it. Correct? Isn't that right? Yeah. Or, right. Yep. But I was wondering, just energetically, and maybe you have this answer or don't. Do they receive by just being in a 4D realm? Are you receiving kind of healing's not the right word, but like an, inf- an inf- infiltration of that energy? And do you bring any of it back with you?
2: Well that's a really good question. I've actually never thought about that because you are essentially moving into a higher dimensional field. Right. Right. So you're just moving into a higher dimensional field with beings that don't have your highest intention at hand, right? right. But you're, you're you are essentially your physical form is in a higher dimensional field. I think the answer would be awareness. So It's the same thing as what happens in our dream state which is just essentially another reality. One of the reasons that we're going to start to remember our dream states more and more is because there's so much happening in the dream state, which is just, again, another reality that we live in. So much healing, so much activation, so much remembrance, so much knowledge. But if we don't have the awareness of it, we can't do anything with it. Right. Right. So it it's the same thing. So when you're when when humans were being abducted and taken into those higher dimensional realms, they didn't have awareness of it. And even if they did have awareness, there was so much trauma
0: involved connected to yeah. it
2: that it was the last thing they were doing was sort of being impacted on a positive level or a positive frequency. Um but you know, one of the things my guides would say to me all the time when I was in the process of really healing my, my, my eating disorder thoughts, because I was just so, I mean, if you had an eating disorder, you know, how power, any addiction, it's so powerful. It overtakes you. You're, you wake up in the morning, you're like, I'm never going to do this again. And then by six o'clock at night, you're doing it. Right. So I would literally lay there and be like, you guys, please, I don't know what else to do. Can you just take this from me? And I would like envision these beings around me, and they they came in and they would do this energetic work on me. And one time they said to me, "They're like Lori, <laughs> you realize that no matter how many times we do this energetic work and literally pull the the energies out of you, that you that your thoughts are more powerful than any energetic Aww. work that we can do, and the moment." you pull the thoughts back in, it's there. We can't take your thoughts away from you. So it's like, no matter how much energetic work we get done, if our thoughts are still controlling us, the thoughts are going to be more powerful than the energetic frequency. That's why understanding the, the thoughts and being the observer of the thoughts are so it's so essential because that is really how you move yourself into the higher frequencies. No matter what we get done, when they said that to me, I was just like, Fuck. Oh, I got to <laughs> take full responsibility for everything now. Like I can't go to these higher dimensional beings and be like, please save me. You know, it's like, You can, you're the only one that can do this. So
1: with your healing of the eating disorder, do you remember like the first time you changed a thought process? You mean changing the eating disorder thought? Mm -hmm. Like, do you remember being like, oh my God, like, obviously it might not have been that. And then it was the perfect from that point on, but do you remember a moment where you're like, oh my God, I, I shifted that or I changed that or I, that was different.
2: Oh, that's a good question. Do I remember the moment? I don't remember the moment, but I remember when the massive shift started happening was when I, I was so in the eating disorder that I didn't, I, it was like I was in, the eating disorder was me so what the the first major shift was when i realized that i was doing it which is weird because wouldn't you know that you were doing it but it was such a part of me mm. that i it just i it was like a denial state so i think they do this in aa right like you first have to realize that there's something controlling you or something. I forgot. But anyway, the, the, the awareness that this, that there was something overpowering me was the initial shift. And then from that initial shift, it was the, it started to, ha- it was uh, the compassion,
3: mm. the,
2: the observer, the awareness. Um, cause I started trying to fight against it, like battle it. And I realized as I was battling it, That that was taking a lot of energy, like fighting against it, trying not to do it, pushing really hard against it. What I realized was if I just allowed it, realizing how powerful it was, like if I gave it permission, but knowing that I wasn't it, knowing that I was constantly in a state of shifting out of it knowing there was a version of me that wasn't it any longer, that would be the fastest way through.
3: Hmm.
2: And that was the fastest way through because it's in is counterintuitive because you would think, well, no, you have to push against those thoughts. You have to fight against those thoughts. You have to do the opposite. And on one level, yes, you do. You have to be aware of what you're giving into and you have to do the opposite. Sure. But- So there, as soon as you have the awareness, you don't have to change anything. The awareness is the change because the, once you have the awareness of what the thoughts are doing, that in and of itself is the power.
1: It's like, they're like, okay, we're done. We've been seen. Bye.
2: But yeah, now, now it's just a matter of kind of how long is this going to take until, um, it's completely out of me. That's how I've sort of seen it. Um, But I've done this, I've done the work very, um, non-traditionally, you know, I don't think necessarily that this would be something that a doctor would recommend or a therapist would recommend, but it's what it's worked for me. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't teach it any other way because it worked for me. Right. That's what you You know? know. Yeah. But it's definitely observer compassion and holding that version of you that already exists outside of that, which you're still in, you know?
1: I love this conversation. I, by the way, I have a million questions about you. We didn't even like get to, but it's obviously the conversation was exactly what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And we'll just have to have you back on. And yeah, we can talk more aliens. Oh my God. Please. I love alien stuff. Don't even get <laughs> me going. It's like, <laughs> my favorites, when you meet someone who's like, aliens exist. I'm like, do you exist? Like, I mean, how are we still even having this conversation? <laughs> I'm like, do you exist? If you exist, they exist, plain and simple. Like, it's like, why would only we exist? I know. It's crazy. Oh, here's like. another Yesterday. quick question. Sorry. Yeah. Um, they say, so Earth is now in the 5D, dim- like energy, right? Earth itself. Yeah. Um, And they were saying, in the book, they were saying how basically the whole galaxy is created as part of this experiment. It's like all of it, the moon, the blah, blah, blah. What I was thinking, well, what frequency is Mars? Because you know how like people here are always trying to see if we can live on Mars or if one has lived on Mars. I'm like, well, what's the frequency?
2: That's a great question. So it's, it, th- what we see in the sky is a reflection of our own frequency. Mm-hmm. So
1: we wouldn't be able to see it if it wasn't.
2: Right. And these planets are in much higher frequencies in their natural state. But because we don't hold the, that frequency we can't you can't see higher dimensional frequency, so you're seeing Mars at its like three d version it, it, bingo, yes, and so when you start shifting your awareness, things outside of you start shifting and and that this that's the magic of this that's why things are an illusion because you know, and you'll start. You've probably already kind of start to notice that there are days where you're sort of like in a different vibration, and like things just feel like they're moving instead of stagnant. Like, uh, like yeah. is that tree actually like? Is it's like we we're on mushrooms, right? You know what I mean? And but the, the natural state of things are not physical, dense like we see. We only see that because you can only see through the vibrational frequency that you're holding. Um, and so when you look up at the sky you see third dimensional physical forms. Science tells you it's third dimensional. Of course, science is going to tell you that because it's based on humans that are in a third dimensional reality. Um, but it's it's not so. So we're going to start to see things change physically in our reality as our physical bodies, our awareness um, s- slowly start. It is shifting, you know? Um, but that's the that's kind of, that's what's so exciting about this is, you know, eventually seeing things like, oh my, you can, you even notice that with the sun, you know, the sun is a really beautiful example. Like the sun just starts is just looking different. Like, you know, it's something's different about the sun. If you, if you really start noticing like things in the sky, they're just a little bit Different than they were five years ago. I 10 still years go ago. by I do
1: never look at the sun. It's like that is like so stuck in my head, you know, when you're a kid and they're like, never look directly into the sun. <laughs> Except-
2: I know. That's like I think I think the safest time to actually look it's at the sun sunrise, is like sunset, in sunset, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I but we're told so many things about the sun that it's that's so detrimental because the sun literally is the light codes the light codes.
1: I had that. Qu- I know. See, there's I have so many questions for you. This is going to go on another two hours where <laughs> I literally was like, it was fascinating reading about the part of like why the sun exists, why water exists, air. And a lot of things we know, yes, obviously physically it makes sense too, scientifically, but also energetically why they were chosen to be the conduits um, for energy. And so knowing that the sun really is, which anyone who pays attention where you always hear like, with what the want to call it, like Schumann resonances and, you, and people who pay attention to that stuff, you're aware the sun has a huge effect on us and our development. But to really be like, it's constantly what's sending us the light codes that helps elevate us.
2: And then I kept being like, well, then what's melanoma doing? Like, why does that exist? <laughs> then it's like... Why do we have cancer and why, why do they say stay out of the sun and why do they say put sunscreen on? And like, you could, you can go down these, you know, unfortunately a lot of what we have been, and, and this is kind of really hard to wrap our heads around. So I typically don't talk about it too much, but there are forces on the planet that are designed to keep us out of that sovereign state, that empowered state um why well it's just part of this third dimensional planetary existence right now it's what we're shifting out of it's just it's it's just what's here when did it come here five thousand years ago right four thousand five thousand years ago and it's designed to keep the humans disempowered uh, out of their bodies right and so if they understand these energies understand the power of the sun then they're going to do everything in their power to create these stories uh or these beliefs of how um dangerous the sun is and so there are these theories right that it's actually you know something else that's creating that that melanoma very hard to wrap your head around very challenging um because when you go out in the sun your body gets burned blah blah right. blah but it could also be what we're eating, what we're putting into our body. There's a lot of things that are out of our awareness right now that's that's really challenging to wrap our heads around that could actually be the reason we're burning.
1: I mean, it look could at the actually. Eye
2: burn. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. Uh it's but the sun is vitamin D. Yes, super important. is huge i had a great dermatologist
1: and in la so no one would ever guess because i had when i first moved there a whole slew of stuff and he was like you you need to go out in the sun more and you need to not be wearing sunblock and i was like wait what he's like he's like yes don't do it during these hours like he was like please don't do it between like the height of the day he's like especially with your skin he's like but i need you to start walking your dog without your sunblock on he's like you need, he's like the vitamin D, the, this. And and I also, cause I was doing, he gave me, it was not red light, but it was a type of light, which back then I was like, what is this? Am I going to get burned? Am I going to get cancer? It was so ahead of its time, but God bless him. He was just like, everyone gets a little too crazy with the sunblock. Like, yes, you have to be careful. You have very pale skin. And that's, he said, avoid these hours, but on these hours, you should have no sunblock on and you need to be out there soaking it in.
2: Yeah, I agree. Cause I'm the same way. I'm very light skin. I grew up at the beach. I burned my whole life. It's probably why I have sunspots and you know, all the wrinkles and whatever, but um, we have to have the sun. So yeah, there are those, you know, they have the index on a phone where you can see when the sun is the, when the sun has the most, the, the, uh, the, the rays are the strongest. And obviously you don't want to be necessarily in the sun at those times, but we, the, the, the power of the sun is it's when I'm sick, I go and lay in the sun. Yeah. I, I'm like, take this, take this, take this, take this, like heal me. It's like a battery, right? And the cells are just being like supercharged, super, super, supercharged. Um, and it's interesting because in the book they were like, Oh, there's I think they said there's two different types of like light that comes down, right? There's the the physical like heat light that we feel that kind of gives life to everything. And then, which is also crazy. I mean, imagine if we didn't have the sun, we wouldn't even be here. No. So it's crazy. Yeah. But then there's another light. It's the light codes. And those are the that, that's the light that is allowing us to uh, evolve.
1: Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. God bless the sun. God bless <laughs> the sun, right? <laughs> this is so fun. I really, really enjoyed this. Thank you. Oh God. It was a lot of fun. Nobody leave because yeah. she has a great personal practice where she's going to walk you through a super easy practice that she does every day, which is a grounding, med- uh, a grounding breath work. Um, so stay tuned for that. But Lori, please come back. Cause I feel like, like we said, we've got aliens. We only touched on emotions. We have so much more to talk about, but clearly right now people need to really be thinking about mm-hmm. how to process that stuff through. So I feel like we gave a lot of people something to chew on, literally. Chew on,
2: yeah. Yeah, it was so fun. I would I would come back in a heartbeat. So yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you. So now Lori's gonna lead us in our personal practice, which is an exercise for breath work. All right. So I do this almost every day for at least one minute a day and basically it grounds me and it just brings me into presence and you can do this eyes opened or eyes closed usually helps if the eyes are closed Um, but you'll start doing this with your eyes open all day long in the grocery store picking up your kids it's just a really really simple practice so for the sake of this this uh podcast let's close our eyes And then as quickly as I close my eyes, I just drop into my body and feel my breath. I feel my belly rise and fall.
3: I feel my chest rise and fall. I feel the heaviness of my body. And I just simply breathe. I breathe in through the nose. I breathe out through the nose.
2: Maybe you take five inhales, five-second inhales, three-second inhales. It doesn't matter. There's no right way to do this.
3: Just be present. If your mind is moving fast with thoughts, let it be. Where's your belly? Where's the movement of your breath? Are your shoulders tight or are they dropped? This is presence. This is now. It's this simple. It's just being with you and being with your breath. And you
2: almost start to feel this like wave inside your body, this wave of breath, this wave of energy.
3: And the beautiful thing about this is this is always here for you. It doesn't go anywhere.
2: And so I encourage you, even in this moment, if your eyes are closed, I do this a lot. You're, even with your eyes closed, staying with the breath, staying with this moment of just sort of feeling at peace or calm. because you probably calmed yourself down just by closing your eyes and tapping into your breath. From that state, the state you're in now, just slowly open your eyes.
3: And as you slowly open your eyes, just
2: stay with the breath. And eventually what happens is you start to learn to tap directly into that breath wherever you are. And at least for a quick second,
3: you're in presence.
2: You don't necessarily need a meditation practice or a breathing practice. It's just available right here, right now, in any moment, just bringing your awareness to it. And sometimes we need direction of how to find that which is always available within us in any moment, which is the breath.
3: So just practice being with breath. And off you go.